Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we have a very important guest here. We have my good friend, Jay Pruitt from Agape Hospice. Jay is the Director of Growth and Development and also the Director of Operations in Myrtle Beach. And welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you very much, Jamie. Happy to be here. Well, today I want to talk about something that is very important. I think that everybody needs to have a good grasp on, and that's customer service. Yes. You know it when it's bad. You know, Absolutely. we've all had bad customer service. We've all experienced a time where we were like, wow, that, I can't believe they treated me that way. But we've also had good customer service, and we know you you have that feeling of, wow, they actually care about me, and they actually care about, you know, their business. Uh, so let's talk about that. Give me something, one of the things that makes good customer service. You've been in the customer service industry. You've been an administrator at an assisted living before as well. So you've had to develop, you know, good customer service tactics over the years. So let's talk about that. What makes good customer service? Well, Jamie, the first thing I think is we have to listen mm-hmm. to what our customers want. Yeah. And and, and to, to listen more and talk less, yeah. I think, is the first and most important thing that, that we have to do. People always say that, that the best customer service out there is where? Chick-fil-A. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And every time that I go to Chick-fil-A, it's always a great experience. And, and I think about why that is. It's their pleasure to serve me. Yeah. They listen to what I want. And if I have a problem, it's fixed with a smile. Yeah. So I think the most important thing to begin with is we talk about customer services to listen yeah. to our customers. And you're right. If you go to McDonald's, you do not get that same service. No. Not, ne- not necessarily bad customer service, but it is not that level. Right. Any other fast food restaurant, it's just not there. Right. They've done a phenomenal job of building that culture to where they're going to take care of those customers because they're important and they treat them as they are important. And we should treat our customers as they are important. Absolutely. Uh, You know, so what are some of the things that you guys do at Agape Hospice? You know, you're you're on your team because you guys are providing an incredible service, you know, to somebody who's at the, you know, at the end of their life. You know, you're working with families um, that are going through one of the toughest times of their life. You know, what are some of the things that you guys do to provide good customer service? Well, I think, Jamie, you know, we have to keep in mind that these families that we're talking to on a daily basis have just received some of the most devastating news as it pertains to the health of their loved one or the health of their selves. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to define the end of life as the quality of life, not necessarily how much quantity we have left. Right. So, as I said, we have to listen. We have to be there and, and talk to those families and listen to what, you know, those wishes are and what they want. So we have, you know, any aspect or any discipline here at Agape Hospice deals with those families. We have to under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. Um, you know, Medicare requires certain things through um, for the hospice benefit. Mm-hmm. And Agape Hospice, thankfully, has been able to go above and beyond those things. Yeah. And, and that is providing great customer service as well. Right. Um, you know, our bereavement that we have, tremendous, tremendous um, benefit as part of the, the hospice 
hospice services that we provide. Right. Um, Medicare requires, you know, 12 months. We'll take that to 13 months or even longer if, if that's what's needed there. Right. But we've got to listen and make sure that the things that we talk about with those families and with those patients are delivered. Yeah, absolutely. And I let's let's go back a little bit to where you said, you know, we under promise over deliver. I think that is a, a big mistake that a lot of people make that I've made in the past. You're trying to show yourself as, you know, the, this incredible service. And you, so you talk about it, you build it up, and then when you can't come through on everything that you said, wow, then that's a black eye. You lose credibility. So what are the, some of the things that you can sometimes over-promise on? Well, I, I, when you mention that, I think about our marketing team. Mm-hmm. They are so anxious to make sure that we're helping as many folks as we possibly can in the communities. Yeah. And that's what it's about, helping these people. So as for lack of a better phrase, they product puke. Yeah. We can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. Right. People don't hang on to all of that, but they may hang on to things that we're, you know, maybe exaggerating just a little bit, yeah. you know, just so we can get that business. And then when it comes crunch time and we don't deliver that, then all credibility is lost. Yeah. So some of the things I think that we, we can overpromise is that we have a CNA in the home all day, every day. Right. You know, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Not something that we're allowed to do per Medicare's guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those kind of things. Nursing visits every day or, yeah. you know, just things like that. That we're going to pay for all of your medication. Right. Which we know that hospice is only going to pay for the medications that are related to the hospice diagnosis. Right. And it's so easy to do because you're mm-hmm. excited about helping this person. Absolutely. And it's not even something you do, you know... You're not trying to manipulate them. You're just trying to provide a really good service. So just being real and just being, this is what we can provide. And that's enough, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it gives you the opportunity to actually kind of go overboard in the service and really kind of make their day. Yeah. I generally tell, you know, folks that especially new people or new marketers or new folks that are in this business or any business that, that would listen to me. Um, my 18 year old son, for one, he is in the customer service business. He works at a retail store. Mm-hmm. Give them what you can do and then go that extra step. Yeah. And, and that really gives them that wow. Mm-hmm. And that creates that customer service experience, which brings them back. Yeah. And in our case with hospice, that creates that great customer service, the experience for their journey through hospice for the patient, for the families, for the caregivers yeah. is exceptional. And then they will tell their friends, right? You know that this benefit of hospice that Medicare has given us is is a great thing. Yeah. So Jay, tell me some of the other parts of customer service that you you guys provide. Well, you know, as we we spoke earlier about what are some of the deficiencies in in, in customer service that mm-hmm. we've experienced. We've talked about what great customer service looks like, what great customer service in retail and and fried chicken sandwiches look like. But in order to get there, we have to educate our staff Mm. into what great customer service looks like. So education about what it is that we offer or any business offers. Mm -hmm. Um, With Agape Hospice, we have LTC University, which is a continuing education portal where all of our employees can learn about every aspect of what it is that we do. So we're not out there over promising and under delivering. We know exactly what it is we're doing, but it is definitely um, what I I think brings customer service together. You have to be courteous. We know that in customer service. You have to mean what you say. 
mm-hmm. in customer service. And you've got to be educated in order to make those first two things re- a reality for those people. Yeah. And, and and going to the LTC part, you know, we offer apprenticeships for mm-hmm. those people. We actually offer marketing apprenticeships, with which customer service is a huge part of that yes. apprenticeship to making sure that we're growing and we're learning how to provide the best customer service possible, mm-hmm. and I and I think we see that we hear that from families. You know, um, you know we hear that from Agape Hospice. You know, and all the other organizations we're working with. It's huge. Absolutely. Education's huge. You know, what about providing that customer service and educating the family? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you have to educate people as to what they should expect. Mm-hmm. You know, along this journey of hospice. Um, you know, there are going to be times that they're immediately going to want to not call the hospice nurse, but call the hospital. If we do the education properly in the beginning as to what they're going to, you know, experience as this journey continues, then you don't run into that. That's great customer service where there, there are no, I guess, unexpected things that are going to happen to them. They will know as we educate them yeah. as to what's going to happen. And I can imagine, you know, this family who just... They got this diagnosis from a doctor, you know, they've they've called you guys. What is that like, you know, in that first contact? Because they're they they probably didn't hear everything the doctor said. You know, they probably and now you guys are there and you're telling them about your services, you know. What, what kind of things, do you, strategies do you use for those families? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share a story with you. That'd be it's, great. It's a personal story. Um, my grandfather passed away about a month ago. Mm, sorry um, to hear that. Thank you. He uh, lived a nice long life, 91 years old. Um, great guy. But he, he was um, he was a tough man that, that didn't always hear what you said. Yeah. So then when he became demented and was not able to hear, it, it was then transferred to my grandmother to, to hear what was going on with him, what his life expectancy would be. Yeah. So probably about two weeks before he passed, the, the hospital that he was in over in Chiraw gathered us all in, and we're going to have the, as I do air quotes, the talk. Mm-hmm. So my, my dad and his brother asked you know me to be there because I'm kind of in this business. Right. And as the physicians, there were two of them, spoke about his prognosis and the fact that once we took away the, the medicines that they were giving him in ICU, he would last hours to days. Mm-hmm. Now, in true granddaddy fashion, it was days. He made us yeah. wait a while. But right. <laughs> which is perfectly fine. He had a yeah. great life. We didn't get to the point of hospice because the family did not hear everything that the physicians were saying. Wow. So I spent a lot of time after the physicians left, my grandmother sitting there. Of course, she didn't want him to suffer any longer. Um, you know, most were emotional, as, as I was as well. But I, I had to, you know, talk to them about, you know, what they actually said. They didn't say that, you know, we could leave him hooked up to all this and he could live forever. Yeah. Um, they didn't say that he was, you know, in any pain. We had to, I really had to, you know, dig deep into the, you know, the, the hospice philosophy mm-hmm. because, you know, if he were able to go home, they needed to know what this, what's to be expected. So, you know, and it was weird because the hardest people to talk about with anything is your family. Yeah. Anything like that. Anyway. Absolutely. I mean, they, I may have been in it for 30 years, but they still don't believe I have all the answers, yeah. you know, which I don't, but I mean, I know a little bit. Right. So I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, my dad, 
his brother, just talking about, guys, if you take away this care, you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your decision, not mine, but let me tell you the facts. Yeah. You know, what the physician said, because, and that relates to people that, you know, we go in and see on a daily basis, the nurses, the, mm-hmm. the marketers, the social workers. They've just heard this devastating news, as I mentioned in the beginning, yeah. and it's clouded in there. That they, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. Right. And we have to be able to kind of cut through some of that and, and be that compassionate person that listens to them, right. finds out what they need, and then explain this journey. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're trying to talk to your family. Yeah. It's totally different than talking to somebody. And, what you know, I'm sure... Uh, you know, your your team that you work with, when they're going to speak to a family, sometimes having that outside person that can separate from the emotion, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they're not, because they're not attached to this person, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a lot easier for them to communicate sometimes it to is. the family. Um, and what a service that is to be able to, to really educate somebody on those, those things. Sometimes things don't always go the way we're planned, obviously. It's just life. Right. There's mistakes that are made. There's there's things that you have to, to do. You, you guys work probably with a lot of assisted livings and skilled facilities. Not everything goes right all right. the time. Um, there may be some, some communication errors. A lot of times you're having to go in there and talk to that administrator, talk to that social worker, the, the director of nursing, you know, what do you do when things aren't going right and you have to provide that customer service uh, when things may have messed up? That's a good question, Jamie. And, and as you were asking it, I think about where customer service begins, whether we're working in a facility or with a home patient or, or with whomever. Um, it starts at that initial phone call where the expectation of the facility, of the family, through the education we've provided, through the fact that we did not overpromise and underdeliver, the expectation is that we will make it right. Mm. So, and, and, and you mentioned facilities. Um, there are many times a medication may not get there in time, or well, not many times, but there are times where a medication may not get there in time, um, that there's a fall and the nurses maybe an hour away and then she's, you know, somebody wants her there sooner. And there's so many dynamics with the families and the facility that you have to kind of, you know, muddle through. But when you lay that, make that an expectation in the beginning that Agape Hospice or whomever, you you know, you are as a business to your clientele is going to make that right, then it's a little easier to make that transition. For example, if I were going into a facility um, where there's a problem and I don't have a relationship, and their expectation is not that we, well, their expectation, they don't believe that we're going to handle it in the way we're going to handle it. Yeah. That's going to be a crazy situation. Mm-hmm. And in the end, who suffers is that family and the patient. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's what we don't, don't want. So I try to pull it back to where the initial phone call came in with that provider, with that family member, with, with whomever associated with that patient. Customer service starts there. Yeah. And it has to go all the way to the end. So when myself or the marketers or Scott as the DON have to go and kind of make things right again, mm-hmm. it's an easy process. And it's there's nothing better than when you go in, I knew you'd take care of it, Jay. I knew you'd take care of it, Scott. Yeah, right. That kind of thing. So right. it, it there are those sticky situations, yes, in anything you do. 
but the expectation has to be made early. Yeah. I think one of the things for me that I've learned is taking responsibility. Absolutely. You know, even though it may not be your fault, take responsibility. Mm-hmm. So you know what? We're going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. We've got this covered. Mm-hmm. And then after you've talked to them and said, this is what we're going to do, follow up. This is what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, I think repeating that, and I think it's just great customer service. So let's talk about a time where maybe you've either haven't, ex- where you've experienced bad customer service or you've had a situation. Is there a story or some, some time that you can think of that didn't go as planned, but you were able to recover? Well, there personally, there are so many, and they usually, if, if people could see me now, they'd know they'd all deal with uh, restaurants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. I love to eat, <laughs> Jamie. I do too. Well, <laughs> I think that um, probably the, the one that comes to mind, and it's not hospice related, it is uh, my wife and I were, were at a mall, mm-hmm. and she was trying to return a dress or something. I don't remember what store it was because... Um, I don't get into all that. I was just there. And she said it didn't fit her right or she didn't look good in it or whatever. So we stood in line for probably about five minutes. And my wife is a bit anxious when it comes to things like that. We get to the counter and the lady says, well, what's wrong with this dress? And she said, you know, it didn't fit her right. Well, when did you buy it? Well, here I have the receipt. This lady rolled her eyes and sighed. Wow. So immediately for me, I was turned off completely. Yeah. And, and and anyone that knows me, I don't anger quickly. I don't, you know, get frustrated quickly. Right. But um, so we let the, the exchange continue to happen. Their interaction, my wife stood there. I could see her face getting red, but she's not one to say anything either. either. The lady slammed the money down on the table. Good illustration there. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, slammed the money down on the counter and just expected us to walk away. Right. And so... We, we left, and my wife was agitated, and I just couldn't, could not not say anything. Right. I felt like I had to go back and say something. Mm-hmm. And so I went back up to the counter, and I simply told her, I said, that experience, in my mind, was not one that's going to create return business. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. Right. And she looked at me, you know, really funny, and, and, and said, you know, okay. And I was like, I'm just, just telling you. I said, not because it was my wife, but had that been anybody else and I was standing next to you, somebody should have said something. Yeah. And take you off that job. Maybe your job, right. maybe that's not your seat. Yeah, and some people, on the bus. that's probably you not know? the best place for them. Right. And, and in our jobs, mm-hmm. you know, that where we work, I listen a lot on the phone to phone calls. Yeah. You know, as if I'm in the office, I listen, you know, just to hear if the a, how the AA is speaking to, you know, one of our potential clients, our referral sources, right. whoever it may be, to make sure that we're being just as courteous and nice mm-hmm. as we can be because that's where it all starts. I think that's true. I think just kindness in general. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be that hard to be kind. Right. Even when even when somebody's coming back to you kind of rude. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the best ways to diffuse that is with kindness. Right. You know, I, I think that's, you know. And sometimes are, it's hard. Sometimes it is hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and but we have to do that. Yeah. yeah you, you know, I think I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about, you know, trying to separate your emotions and feelings when you're in that situation and say, this is how I'm and, and identifying that feeling and saying, I'm feeling anxious right now, or I'm feeling angry right now. Just by telling yourself that, you're able to separate 
and say, you know what, okay, but this is the way I'm going to react. Right. Because I, th- I think when we just start reacting, that's when things can go awry. Right. So. And there's two things I think that are that, that kind of came to my mind when you're saying that. You know, one is when, when we have customers or, or patients that we're dealing with um, in, in our situation with Agape Hospice and they're agitated, they're irritated, mm-hmm. you know, I always try to hearken back to what if that were my mom? Mm. Maybe I'd be there. Yeah. You know, maybe I'd have the same emotion. Right. You know, I don't know. So I try to meet them where they are. Yeah. And, and if I overreact, then the situation is just absolutely going to go to complete chaos mm-hmm. and nothing else. The second thing I thought about, you know, when you said that, and, and I do this when, when I interview, you know, folks, you know, generally you can tell, you know, why people are in a job. Right. I can teach you the mind part. Mm-hmm. I can't give you the heart part. Yeah. You know, and in hospice, you have to have both. You do. You have to have both. And that customer service comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that. That being nice, as you mentioned, yeah. being kind. Right. And just, re, you know, respecting people and where they are in this journey and in life. Mm-hmm. I think what you said, too, is is saying, okay, what if that was my mom? What mm-hmm. if that was my dad? What my right. grandfather? My grandmother? When you do that, you're empathizing. Now, there's sympathy. Being sympathetic, we're all sympathetic. Mm -hmm. We can see situations and we can be sympathetic. But empathy is really putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and saying, what if that was my grandma? What if that was my mom? This is the way I would want to be treated. Or this is the way I probably would feel, too. I'd probably be a little agitated. I'd probably be a little snippy Mm -hmm. on the phone or or whatever, and just realizing it's not necessarily them; it's it's their situation that's causing that, right. and so it helps you diffuse yourself, so you're not getting upset, and you're able to respond in a kind manner and in a loving manner because mm-hmm. they need that. They need that at that time. I think that's amazing. I think just continuing to provide that great customer service makes every organization better. Absolutely. Uh, when you can have that customer mindset and, and honestly, the servant mindset that we're, we're there to serve. And I, I think the best leadership you can provide is servant leadership. And and what you guys are doing, you know, you're leading these families, you know, through this process mm-hmm. and providing that great service is what they need at right. that time. So, Jay, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, you've given us some great things to talk about and think about and great things to use. And um, you, you've, you've been a good friend. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate right. it. Happy thank, to be here. Thanks. If you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook and at LTC University on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.